Hello there. Welcome to the first official episode of Liminality. My name is Jonathan, but you can call me Jono for short. This is a podcast about a growing subset of the world's population that I belong to, third culture kids. I'm an adult third culture kid, second guessing his place in this first world. Now, to keep things off for real, you might have heard of the phrase, it's a small world. And I would add on to that and say, small world, smaller Australia, smaller Singapore. And as the world becomes more globalized, this becomes more and more relevant as people begin migrating overseas to work and study. (laughs) Of course, at this uh, time of the recording, everyone on the planet is going through the COVID-19 pandemic crisis, so traveling overseas really isn't much of an option at the moment. But because of this, children around the world are living their development years in cultures outside of their country of nationality. There's a term uh, that came up around the 1950s that was used in sociology to describe these people, and it's called the third culture kid. Now, because they move across these cultures before they're really able to foster and develop their own personal identity, there's often a sense of misplaced belonging that follows them, even though the exposure uh, to so many other cultural influences really gives them a more quote-unquote three-dimensional view of the world. But more on the pros and cons of being a third culture kid in the following episodes. For now, though, let's get to something that tends to trip people up. What exactly is the third culture? Well, to put it simply, the first culture is the place you'd have legal recognition in, like your birthplace or your permanent residence. And the second culture is geographic, so anywhere you're living right now. The third culture, though, is the shared experience of living in between those two places. So, if I were to give myself as a case example, my first culture is Singaporean, where I'm from. And the second would be Australian, which is where I'm at. And that little intersection is where the third culture exists. So, picture this for me, the middle of a little Venn diagram where the two Singapore and Australia circles cross each other. So, that's where the third culture exists. However, the term third culture kid or TCK for short, was coined by the late Dr. Ruth Asim. Now, while the kid portion of TCK refers to the developing years of childhood, it still applies to me, but sometimes to avoid confusion, the term uh, adult third culture kid or ATCK is what I use instead. But you know what? That's a story for another episode. One of the first media articles I read that covered this term in extensive detail was from the BBC. And the terminology that they gave to describe it was citizens of everywhere and nowhere. And that really got me thinking, I really resonate with that. Because, you know, I can make myself at home everywhere, but the mere concept of home insinuates that you belong in that place. And... I don't really get that same sense that I actually belong anywhere. Come to think of it, it's actually a really strange dichotomy when you juxtapose it next to each other. But anyway, citizens of everywhere and nowhere. I like that term so much that I actually borrowed it uh, for the title of the first segment that I ever produced for the community radio station that I currently work at, 2SER107.3. Shameless plug, I know, I'll put it in the show notes or something. (laughs) I feel like I can assimilate and blend into any of the cultures of the cities that I have migrated to, but at the same time, I know that I'm not really fully quote-unquote local. Now, tightrope walking, this kind of tension is the defining characteristic of a TCK. You ask any TCK uh, where are they from and they will have a mild cardiac arrest or anxiety attack because they're basically walking, talking, identity crises. I'll give you a real life example. Picture this in your mind's eye. 
Imagine a Hawaiian boy, born to a Kansan mother and a Kenyan father, who spent his childhood in Jakarta, Indonesia. So that's three continents all in one. Does that sound familiar? If it does, that's actually the real life story of the world's most famous TCK, former US President Barack Obama. I first heard of the term uh, TCK around 2006, 2007, which was also right around the time I first joined Facebook. Now, this was also around the time Facebook went global and Twitter became a thing. Initially, if my memory serves me right, Facebook was created in 2004 by then Harvard student Mark Zuckerberg to connect his uni mates and his classmates, course mates to discuss, you know, their projects and various social hangs. And even after graduation, you had to register with your uni email. Uh, and it was exclusive to America, but then two years later in 2006, it went global and I created an account at that time as well. And all of a sudden, all these long lost childhood friends from all the different countries that I used to live in were no longer lost. I could actually reconnect with them. And because of that, I was able to join groups and forums with different like-minded individuals. And even though we were separated by actual distance, we were still connected, which come to think of it in 2020 has come full circle because even though we're social distancing spatially, physically, we're not necessarily socially distant if you consider the hyperconnectivity that social media provides. Today, there's about 230 million TCKs across the world. And we used to be a really small percentage of the global population though. Some of us were missionary kids like Dr. Ruth who came up with the term TCK and others were what the armed forces called military brats. So the kids of deployed soldiers. But the most common category were children of political ambassadors or business executives and their employees as companies started expanding their operations over oceans and time zones. This was the case for my dad. He worked for one of these multinational companies, the Berlin-based Bombardier Transportation, and his job redeployed him across the Pacific Ocean. So basically in 2001, seven-year-old me had the choice of uprooting the life I'd known in Singapore to follow him overseas, or continue to live my childhood in Singapore without my dad. Needless to say, I got the benefit of hindsight to say that the first option turned out to be the best non-decision of my life. I reckon if I didn't spend so many years overseas as a kid in my development years, I don't think I'd nearly be as outspoken, articulate, or as extroverted as I am today. I don't think I'd be holding degrees in mass communication, media, radio, creative writing. And come to think of it, funnily enough, a majority of the TCKs I still keep in touch with also more actively engage their right brain, whether it's musicians or visual arts or design, literature, photography, film, you name it. And I think it's cool because with all the variety that we're exposed to at such a young age, I feel like it's one of the coping mechanisms that our brains have to keep up with the constantly changing transience of moving overseas every few years or so. And I guess we form different interests based on those developments. That certainly was the case for me. And then when it comes to career choices, the average TCK's interests and pursuits definitely lean way more towards creative expressions than the stereotypical left-brained analytical Asian mindset of studying mathematics, being a medical doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or architect. So I'm definitely thankful to my parents who raised me in an overseas environment and really gave me the freedom to go after what I wanted to do rather than trying to live their own secondhand dreams vicariously through me. 
which, if you allow me to go a little off-tangent here, is unfortunately quite the case in a majority of Singaporean households. Now, before I moved to Australia, I used to work at a creative arts activation agency that partnered with Singapore's local music scene and local arts scene, trying to promote the arts as a viable career choice, an alternative career choice, if you will, which is often frowned upon. If you were to tell your parents you wanted to pursue a full-time career as a musician, they would begin to ask you about the sustainability of that, the long-term goals of that kind of career. Is it really going to provide food on the table and a shelter over your head? And the thing I realized with a lot of my musician friends back home in Singapore, only like a handful, I can count the number of full-time musicians that I know personally with the fingers on my hand. Everyone else just moonlights their gigs while still having full-time jobs and just trying to juggle both of them. And as a result, most of the band uh, life cycle doesn't really pass more than a couple EPs. And honestly, that's kind of sad. All right, I'm gonna switch gears a bit and bring in a little bit of theory. Now, there is an article in the International Journal of Intercultural Relations that says TCKs are known to be proficient at cultivating relationships with other cultures while not really having a cultural identity to call their own. Now, this is why the terms cultural chameleon and global nomads are often used interchangeably with third culture kid. And while most of the academic research out there focuses on American children being abroad, the term definitely applies to those across other nations as well. And there are many pros and cons to being a TCK, which I will explore in depth in the next two episodes, but long story short, we're culturally enriched, but not necessarily balanced. We're more independent, but feel more choiceless as a result. We're culturally sensitive and empathetic, but find it harder to form a sense of ownership or belonging to our supposed quote-unquote home culture. And unlike my peers in Singapore, my concept of self is more influenced by the cultural cues around me. And as a result, where I belong is more attached to my relationships than to any specific country. And that explains the cover art for this podcast. For the visually impaired, let me break it down for you. It features the podcast title, Liminality, over the silhouette of Singapore, which is itself superimposed on a map of New South Wales, which is basically a metaphor for the liminality, the in-betweenness of existing on the fringes of both my home and host cultures in that both Australia and Singapore influence me. The maroon is the same maroon used in Macquarie University's logo, uh, which signifies the association of it as a manuscript project. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm going to delve deeper into the benefits and drawbacks of being a TCK in the 21st century for the following two episodes, so do stick around for that. Don't forget to subscribe on your streaming service of choice and do leave a favorable rating because it really helps with the visibility of this podcast. Feel free to follow this podcast at Liminality Podcast, all one word, on both Instagram and Twitter. You can connect with me personally at extro underscore introvert on both platforms as well. That's E-X-T-R-O underscore I-N-T-R-O-V-E-R-T. Thanks for spending the last 11 odd minutes with me. Tune in next time where I'll examine how early multicultural exposure plays into cross-cultural intelligence.